From building companies to burning out, this is the really, really. Okay, welcome to this last chapter of the really, really. Good to have everybody here. We've got Nick Krabs from Vinyl and Boise Entrepreneur Week, along with TM Rastakar from the Trailhead and Boise Entrepreneur Week, and then, as always, Dom from a lot of things, really. Yeah, and of course, Matt Price, co-host, partner in crime. Partner in crime. <laughs> so before we get started, I have to ask why you call it the Trailhead. Was did I say that incorrectly? No, just I don't you, think there's a correct or incorrect. I know there is. I'm not saying I'm not making any assumptions about correctness here. Huh. But you're the only person I know that calls it the Trailhead, as in like the Facebook. Interesting. I was just thinking that now with the Facebook, mm -hmm. and they did drop the the. They did drop the the. Right. So maybe I need to drop the the as well. I uh, you can do whatever you want. You you be you, but I uh, I just was curious because you're the only one I know that starts with the trailhead. The trailhead. Whatever trailhead is to you, my man. Yeah. Thank you. Build your own trailhead. This is that nativism at work here, fellas. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm a little alarmed by it. Well, well, Dom, you've always got the interesting story. We've been a while. Uh, I can only imagine what you've cooked up for for us to kind of get started on. Yeah, you know, I <laughs> I've been in my head a lot more lately. And one of the nice things that we get to do here in the 21st century is watch other people's lives. And I've discovered how much value there is in mid-2000s reality TV. And let me tell you, it's not just any mid-2000s reality TV. It is the television show called Wife Swap. Have you guys heard of it? I'm scared. Heard of it? You nervous. should be. And nervous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rightly so. Isn't, isn't that the show where the, the crazy lady meme came from the one she's like i don't know that seems very likely yeah, that show is packed with gif material the, there's a meme from this show okay. for sure mm. anyway but the basic premise of it is they take people with a very extreme take on their values and they match people they, they match those people with people who have the complete opposite values just as extreme and then they make them cohabitate for for two weeks and teach each other how to live their lifestyles. And I'm telling you, this is some of the craziest stuff. Like they'll they'll mix a family that, you know, makes their own peanut butter with a family that, you know, spends $75,000 per season on fashion, wow. right? And they'll try to mix those two worldviews. There is crying in every episode. There are kids and families in every episode and there is always a heartbreaking moment. And it's also like, you know, the most extreme representation of this because it's the mid 2000s. It's reality TV. They're taking it over the top. But here's what I get out of it. This is the best map of the full spectrum of human values that I could possibly get. <laughs> it's just like, I had no idea that there would be people that would cry about having their kids visit a public school. But now I know, like they wouldn't tell me that in an interaction. I only know people based on the version of themselves that they give to me, not the version of themselves that they like are at home. And it's just like really filling in the gaps for all the kinds of people that I like, the kinds of people that I don't like, and you know, giving me a much better sense of acceptance about not trying to be every kind of person or not trying to live up to everybody's standards because some people are fucking wacky. <laughs> so in a way, reality TV makes you feel better about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I feel There's like that too. There's a self-superiority element to it. I won't take that away from you. I feel like the last election cycle gave us a version of that <laughs> as well. That's true. <laughs> it just became reality. Yeah. We're yeah. living in a wife swap <laughs> type culture. That's that's the problem. It all started with wife swap. It's been downhill. <laughs> well, I, I, I do want to ask because I'm curious and I hope 
that the answer to my question is yes. This show has been canceled, right? Like, there's not still <laughs> Wife Swap. Like, not, this, this seems only. like a terrible premise. It should not have probably ever existed. Lives were destroyed. Actually, like, one of the kids from the show ended up, like, murdering his parents 10 years later. This is, like, crazy stuff has happened almost as a result of this show. Not only has it been canceled, but it's been canceled multiple times and rebooted and then canceled Ugh. again. Well, I so think the last time we, was in 2020. Have so. we go down any farther on this path, I think we will also be canceled. Yeah. So I think we'll just go <laughs> ahead and right. seamlessly transition. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, we're excited to have both of you here. Uh, there's a little event I've been seeing signs for downtown of Boise Entrepreneur Week. I'm sure this is such an easy thing to plan and, and put together for the city every single year. You guys always look 10 years younger after every one of them. <laughs> so I'd love to hear just kind of how you're thinking about this one. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, this is a fun event that we've we've now done. This is our sixth year. And, you know, I really do think that we're getting better and better at organizing it. And, and to the organizing part of it, one of the cool things about Boise Entrepreneur Week is the whole event is put on by the community. So unlike a lot of other events where you have, you know, kind of, a, an organization who like that's their main fundraising source and so they put an event on every year and like ask you know people to buy tables or whatever uh this whole thing's done by volunteers the sessions are largely picked by our volunteers and we we do that very intentionally we believe that by putting those volunteers in a position where they can you know speak to or talk about their problems as entrepreneurs they're actually in the best position to know uh, what kind of content we should be putting together to be the most helpful. And so, you know, that's worked very well for us. Obviously, you guys have both been before, but for those who haven't, it's a it's a pretty large slate of, of content. Uh, in a typical year, we usually do about 100 sessions. Uh, it is impossible to see all of it. And so this year, we're, we're going virtual. We have a lot less sessions this year, uh, really just so that we can be very directed with what kind of content we're trying to put forth. Um, but it's still, a you know, four full days uh, of content. So if you wanted to watch the whole thing, you could sit down for, you know, 50 hours straight <laughs> and watch it if you wanted to. Um, TM, what's the theme for this year? Is there a particular theme? There is. I actually had to think about it. It's venture forward. Okay. Come Coming on the heels of Be Resilient last year. Obviously, the whole pandemic yeah. caused us to pivot last year. And uh, we didn't think that it would carry this far, but we pivoted again this year because of the pandemic. Started out as uh, planning-wise as a in-person event. We planned on hosting six thousand people over the span of five days, and that changed pretty quickly. And to Nick's point, yeah, this is totally by the community for the community, with all of its pros. And there's also some cons that are totally worth it. By the way, you know, you can imagine um, leading and managing upwards of 50 volunteers from across organizations. So they come to the table with their own organizational culture, their own personal culture. Many of us don't know each other. So part of the magic is actually getting everyone to harmonize and then put on BU. Um, but you wouldn't know that. We're kind of in the thick of it right now. We got, what, three weeks? Well, Dom's, Dom's organized the tech track two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. Three, three years ago, organized the tech track, organized uh, networking events the year before that, and mm -hmm. then just helped out with some some yeah. sponsorship contacts the year after that. So, so Dom definitely uh, definitely has has been one of those community volunteers before, and it's uh, it's a lot of work, but we're very thankful. And and I I think that you know this year when we put the call out for organizers, we had over a hundred people respond to that call. 
uh, and, and show up to their committee meetings. And to me, that's one of the most validating things about it. If it's continuing to provide value to the community, you're going to continue to see people showing up willing to, to you know, stick their neck out there. These people are making ass of local CEOs or regional uh, you know, folks to come and talk. And so they're really using their own personal network to help to help put the show on. And I think this year, you know, talking about some of the highlights, you know, really excited to have uh, Todd Krotkamer from Cradle Point come talk about their exit. Uh, Don Day with uh, Boise Dev is actually going to do that fireside chat. All of us here are very proud of Cradle Point and everything that happened there. And, you know, it's very, it's a very big win for our local, our local community. Um, the other thing is in this pivot to hybrid or virtual, typically we would um, you know, have dodgeball tournaments and all this in-person stuff. And so what we really put our energy and focus into this year is our pitch competitions. Um, we're giving away more money this year than we've ever given away before. It'd be over $100,000 in uh, non-dilutive funds that are that are positioned as prize packages for each one of the, the pitch competitions. So it's a pretty big deal to be able to go and win one of those. Um, something I'm very proud about is that every single um, pitch competition team that's pitched at Boise Entrepreneur Week in the past is still in business today. Still wow. growing. So uh, that's pretty unusual, I think. I, I would have expected one to not be around at this point. But, um, and so, you know, we've put a lot of energy into those events and, um, and really tried to make those something that we can continue to support entrepreneurs in a big way. Well, I feel like those companies that kind of cross that chasm, if you will, whether they, they go on immediately to go do big things, that they do, there does seem to be a community lift around those companies and that, yeah. not, maybe not just even the winners. I think just any of the notable participants in those mm-hmm. seem to get a pretty significant lift, um, a little bit more attention. I, th- I think that's one awesome part because even if you don't win, I guess the statistics would show that there are plenty of other things that happen for companies after. Yeah. It's interesting you bring that up. So Trailmix is being one of the pitch competitions. There's obviously the final, the winner of the final gets 25 grand this year and shelf space at Albertson. So if you just do the math, we had three of them, three finals, three winners, three companies placed on Albertson's shelves. In parallel, and you both have been, in parallel we do basically an expo hall of food companies. It's it's the one who've apl- who applied but didn't make it to sure. the final. Of those 17 are on Albertson's shelves. Yep. So your chances are almost better getting on Albertson's shelves, not pitching for the final, but that is largely due because there is a community lift around them. Mm-hmm. A lot of awareness happens. Mm-hmm. A lot of the connective tissue is sort of built at Trail Mix and Boise Entrepreneur Week. And since you brought it up, Matt, I mean, think of Hot Eric, right? Um, finalist at Trail Mix in 2019. 19. Didn't win, great product. And yep. now is back for another engagement uh, at Entrepreneur Week. So yeah, it, it's, Entrepreneur Week definitely poses some milestones along a company's life cycle, especially in the early stage. Yeah, but, oh. there's definitely a lot going on. I want to say that I think Trail Mix is one of the most interesting things for just anybody to get involved in. You don't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a business nerd or an entrepreneur. You just or, have to like to eat. You just have to like to eat and yeah. like try new kinds of foods that come out. But getting back into the pitch competitions, I mean, you know, a few episodes we were talking to Jeff Reynolds and, you know, he he really wanted to go deep on this idea of like, how do we create more baby entrepreneurs? And then Matt, you and I had a little bit of a back and forth about like, well, does that mean giving funding to them? Does that mean creating programs? Does that mean just a mindset is about education? And I think, you know, these pitch competitions really do like stand in as a, a very interesting concept for that, especially because, you know, as you said, those businesses have continuity. It gives them a platform and it gives them, you know, a trial 
trial by by fire. It, it requires resilience to get through that process. Well, to your point, it's a great on-ramp. So let me give you a little, like, very tangible example of what you're talking about. So last year, we piloted a new pitch competition uh, that we are doing again this year called the Youth Innovation Challenge. So this is a reverse pitch where companies or organizations, we had the city do one last year, uh, they give problem statements uh, in recordings and high school and college students view those recordings, pick a problem, and then send us back a video on how they would go about solving that problem. It's really low Love barrier. That. You don't have to put like a ton of energy into this presentation. Take a couple um, of weeks. A couple, it, you know, a couple nights with your buddies and a whiteboard and you can probably figure out how you want to solve one of these problems. And, and, you know, for the prize package, they get some scholarship money and, you know, whatever. So the team that won the college portion last year uh, emailed me in like July this year and they're like, hey, what else can we pitch in, right? And so I sent them to some of the other pitch competition links since we have several of them. And, you know, so they continued to be involved. And so that kind of re-engagement, we we're talking about baby entrepreneurs, we, there's different kinds of pitch competitions to participate in. Uh, one that we're not doing this year just because it's logistically too difficult to pull off, but we typically do do is an elevator pitch competition. I prefer to pitch in this one myself. And so, you know, I think the first year we did it, I was going to be a judge and I walked in the door and I was like, nah, I'm going to pitch instead. <laughs> and so I just came up with an idea as I walked in and said, let's, let's pitch that. Didn't win, took fourth. That wasn't good enough to get money. I wouldn't take money anyways. But, uh, and so that's a great one because I evolved my pitch every time I met with a new judge. Like I'd get a little bit of feedback from them and the next judge I talked to, my pitch was slightly better. And so, you know, I think I pitched it to like 30 judges over the course of two hours, really rapid fire, a couple minutes. But that kind of stuff really helps, especially when you're talking about baby entrepreneurs or how do you get more people in a position where they can start uh, going and making uh, better asks or real companies. And when they're in their infancy and you talk about pitch competitions that aren't formatted to pitch for investment, I mean, this is very intentional. There's no investment dollars here which makes the pitches a little different. Yeah. You know, you're pitching for shelf space, that's different too. You're doing a reverse pitch comp for scholarship money. But I think that's the part, the experiential learning, that's so important, I think. And also, it's also what draws people to it, right? I mean, everyone talks about pitch competitions as something alluring, sexy. Yeah, there's money involved. I think at the end of the day, it's us watching others getting like up on stage. There's like a Shark Tank-like novelty to it now where you know the voyeurists want to see kind of you know them feed the lions, so to speak. I think that with the Albertsons piece specifically, uh, one, I love being a mentor in the trail mix. I think what, among every other thing that they get focused on, learning to present to a retailer and the questions and concerns and feedback that come back from those panels really do and should prepare them for inevitably, if they don't win, what that process is like. I've heard a couple different local companies, they just assumed that because Albertsons is headquartered here, that every Albertson, the Albertsons should continue to like just put locals on the shelf. And I think that that's a that's a dangerous misconception because you're talking about the number two biggest retailer. Um, so I think Trail Mix does a really good job helping prepare in the mentors, the mentor program. That would be a great reality show in itself. Speaking of that, Dom, just watching the, <laughs> the mentors work with with the founders. Um, that's I like the especially the group ones where you can critique everybody's. Yeah, after after going through a Q and A session at Trail Mix, assuming you're a finalist, you can go talk to any buyer yes. or store owner and tell them why your product should be on their shelf. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, it's experiential learning, and it's just one kind of feather in the cap that day. It's an opportunity, and I think you know the bar is sort of low. There's a whole lot to lose. You can win a ton. Yeah. Yeah. And that then maybe 
tickles out some of those that otherwise wouldn't get up on stage. And Matt, you, you remember this. You you coached someone in the past who, I don't want to say stage fright, but it wasn't their favorite thing to do. Yeah, it's tough. And by the time they were done, it was pretty damn good. Yeah. So And sometimes the stage fright people are the most authentic pitches come out the best. Kind of see moving this along. Um, I'm really curious about you two have had a lasting partnership that exists between both of you and the, the trailhead and also in vinyl. How, how's that developed over the years? There's a Genesis story here that I'll That's what let I want. Nick kind of tell on how he got roped in. We probably tell the story differently, so we'll see how TM does it. But, but yeah, I'll, since you <laughs> got roped out in, you, you tell the story. A disclaimer for fact checking, we do have a fact checker. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, so the, the first year that Entrepreneur Week happened, formerly Boise Startup Week, uh, the municipality uh, ran the event and what I always like to say, it was a valiant effort. I mean, the truth is they didn't really give themselves enough time to plan it at the scale at which it probably needed to be. And it was their first year. So there's a lot of kind of what's this about? What should we make it about? And so they came to Vinyl and asked Vinyl to sponsor. And we're pretty, you know, we're pretty generous in trying to sponsor stuff the first time just to see how it goes. We might not sponsor at the highest level, but we'll like give some effort to it. So we sponsored the first year. And... <laughs> I definitely, the end of that event, I thought there's so much more here that could be done to really support entrepreneurs. And and I think really the problem is, is it's difficult when you have a municipality or like BVEP or these like, you know, nonprofit organizations that are not entrepreneurs trying to come up with how do we support entrepreneurs? Like they're not the right entities to do that. They're great partners and they should like be at the table when you're making big decisions. But they're, it's hard for them to lead that effort. So I wrote this like two page manifesto, grumpy Nick style, and like emailed it to the city. I'd love to read that. And anyone who would listen about like, hey, let's do this right or not do it all. And they emailed me back and they're like, let's grab lunch. And then they asked if I would run it. And I had this like, oh man put up or shut up. Like you can't write an email like that and be like, nah, I'm not going to run it. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, you guys got it. You're good. Right. And and Nick, like, you're about as subtle as a jackhammer. Yeah. So I um, can only imagine <laughs> how this all really played out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, it was, it was collegial and nice. I wasn't trying to be rude. I was just trying to tell them how to make it better. But my, my first point of feedback was have an entrepreneur run it. Right. Like that's what you actually need is you need to have an entrepreneur because they're going to understand the problems. They're also going to be problem solvers themselves. Then that's just part of the entrepreneurial mindset. And so, you know, when if I was the first entrepreneur they asked, it would have been silly. So at the time I said, I'll give you two years. I'll do it for two years. And then I want to hand it off. You know, year six here I am sitting still. So, um, you know, I'm definitely enjoying it. And then TM joined year three. So um, this will be our third year running one together. And it was interesting because Trailhead was in the midst of an ED search. Uh, they were hiring a new ED. And so maybe, should I let you take it over from here? So I'm okay. sitting I'm sitting in my interview and, and my board, you know, Nick Crabbs, the name is repeated a few times, had never heard it before. And um, my email box was blown up pretty hard first week at Trailhead. Long story short, my board didn't tell me about Boise Startup Week. They didn't say that, hey, it's a thing, it exists. It's kind of yours a little bit. Yeah. Need to go to work on it. Was never said to me. In their infinite wisdom, they probably knew I would have packed up and ran. <laughs> you got a 6,000 people in-person event in six weeks. Mm -hmm. you know, It'll be no big deal. No big deal no. at all. I say it that way. Well, it was a blessing and a curse because once I met Nick, he came on pretty strong. He was antsy. Again, I did not know we're five weeks out from startup week at this point. And I had never felt, you know, what that feels like. And I certainly do now. 
And so I was like, all right, let's let's what is this thing about? And I figured out pretty quickly that this wasn't a thing for me to get involved and say, no, 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 no. We're going to do it this way. This is T's way of doing it. It was already down the runway. It was going to happen with or without me. So I had a choice. Like, do we just kind of jump on board and, and watch and support? And that's what I did. And it turned out to be the best thing I could have done because in turn, I got to work with all of Trailhead's partners, yeah. all of Trailhead's sponsors, all of the entrepreneurial ecosystem all at once, you know, packed into a crazy week. And quite frankly, it was had already been planned so well that it made me and Trailhead, quite frankly, look good. Yeah. Even though we kind of stepped in at the last minute. And so I just tried to be as supportive as I could, you know, really learn, listen, show up to this thing. And then when I showed up to it, I was like, what in the fuck? This is huge. It, like this is not just the scale a of thing. It. This is yeah. this is the thing that my organization actually does. At the the trailhead? Yeah, I believe okay. so. It you know, trail mix is separate, but it's separate as a program, but it's integrated into a startup week. And so programmatically, fundraising wise, engagement wise, impact wise, it is the largest thing that Trailhead does. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going through the first year, I was really grateful for it afterwards. I said, hey, that was yeah. Great experience. I uh, didn't think that we would keep dancing for another three years at that point. Really just still learning about, so So, what does it mean to be a co-chair with you? Like, h- how do we do this? It's a bit of an awkward dance because, you know, I'm over here in the nonprofit world. You're a partner over there at Vinyl. But it wasn't so. Matter of fact, you know, you said it lasted, kind of surprised that it maybe has lasted this long. But I think Nick and I are just really good at being shoulder to shoulder around a thing. And if the thing is startup week or entrepreneur week, we're both passionate about it. We've talked about it at length before, you know, right around this time of year, a lot of late night calls. You've got complementary temperaments between the both of you. The nice thing about, I would imagine, and, and Dom has actually worked with Nick. You guys have all worked together in, in various things. And I can imagine that you, you don't have to guess what Nick's thinking. And that is a really good thing when you're when you're putting on something at that scale. Well, and that goes both ways, um, you know, quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, really just thinking about like COVID this year and having to make those pivots. I mean, it's it's pretty rare where I'd really have to know where TM is going to stand on some of this stuff. Right. And so it's it's really easy and pretty fluid for us to work on these events when we already know what the other person is going to say. And some of that just is practice, but, you know, it's also just, you know, we know each other pretty well. And and I agree, man. It's been it's been fun. I think I probably wouldn't have stayed on for six years if I didn't have a co-chair that was dependable and, and fun to work with. And so, you know, I think that makes the effort, certainly from our volunteers and everybody, makes it worthwhile when, uh, you know, there's some, some stable uh, people working on it. Yeah. It's, and the complementary temperaments definitely seems to be an aspect of it, but a, a lot of it's also in, you know, what TM said, like what you're willing to, what you're, what you're, what you need to control and what you're willing to, you know, lend control to the other person for. And, you know, I, I will say that when I was a partner with Nick, you know, when we were business partners, I think that we had a lot more challenges over like what each of us wanted to be in control of and a lot more conflicts <laughs> I'd love over to those see things. that video. Yeah, which I think I think we also both have like a pretty good capacity for getting into a long argument in front of a whiteboard and then walking away with a solution that we're both willing to accept, but it seems it seems like our partnership was much more turbulent than the partnership between you two guys. You know, and the word controlling is interesting here because like we said it is put on by the community, right? And so speaking for myself here, like I really view Nick and I as sort of the you know, we're the protectors of this thing at this point, right? It's it's bigger than us. 
We, we talk about this a lot. Like, hey, when you go home and you know, after a long day, after a long year, whatever, and you really ask yourself, like, what am I doing out there? You know, is this worth my time? It's the things like what's the Entrepreneur Week that you'll think of in 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And you'll find, even then, you'll find inspiration in it. And I got to say, you know, this, this, as you put it, you know, the complimenting temperament is actually a really good way of putting it. I get energy from working with Nick, yeah, you know? And if it wasn't for Startup Week, I don't think we would have had this kind of relationship because we got to work on the thing together, kind of roll up your sleeves. And it wasn't a private entity that we both like financially benefit from. So the control aspect that you bring up, Dom, wasn't as much of an issue, especially for me coming on because I could early on tell, you know, okay, Nick's strengths are over here. Here's what he really cares about. Oh, I hear him pipe up when we talk about X, Y, and Z. And so, you know, what, why would I bang heads and, and want to control something that's already under control and done well? Well, there's also plenty of stuff to work on. That's the other yeah. part of it. I mean, like, if you... I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, just, just simply managing committees with 20, 30 people on them that are trying to put on pitch competitions or youth events or whatever. I mean, again, if you talk about a typical scale that this event uh, runs at, this year is, of course, a little different as a hybrid event. But still, I mean, we have four full days worth of content. It literally is like 50, 60 hours worth of content. Some of it's pitch competitions, some of it's talks, workshops, panels. You know, there's a whole lot of stuff going on. And, you know, the thing that works really well here with Team and I is that there's there's more than plenty for us to go own a part of the baseball field and not have to worry about stepping anywhere near each other just because there's so much. And the truth is, is Team was alluding to at this point in time, we're kind of the the bumpers on the bowling lane. I mean, the, the truth is we're really just trying to direct a lot of that community energy down the bowling lane as opposed to trying to tell them how to bowl and what shoes they need to wear. Like, we don't even bother with that anymore. We're just like, okay, this is what we're going to be about this year. These are our priorities. Here's the, you know, 20 things we kind of want to touch on and talk on. You guys can add some if you want to. Boom. Like, and then we go, you know, and there's a lot of behind the scenes PMing and of course, energy events, Heather and Shelly, if you guys know them, they... They keep us sane, but, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's how it comes together for the most part. And, and, you know, I don't know that when we do a hundred events versus when we do 40 events, if like, there's really that much different effort, right? It's about the same effort either way. Oh yeah, I'm I, sure. I know those two keep you sane at great personal expense. Both of them look very weary by the time the event happens, but they decided to be an event management company. Yeah. So that's what they get. <laughs> I want to ask a little bit about that organization. And surely this has changed over time, but both of you are familiar with managing employees mm-hmm. and surely managing volunteers is different. Mm-hmm. But I'm interested in your take on how it's different and how that's changed over the years of doing entrepreneurship. Um, well, entrepreneur- so this, this definitely has evolved somewhat in just how we choose to organize ourselves. But at, at its base, it's it's a whole bunch of volunteers. Most people have a passion or two that they they want to come be at the table for, whether that's fundraising, whether that's you know, early stage um, kind of mentoring, like whatever the the thing that they burn for is, um, that's what they're coming to the table for. So what we like to do is have everybody kind of self-select into the areas that they're the most passionate about. And so I tell people all the time, like, if it's not the thing that you care about, don't work on it because you won't stick with it for six months to <laughs> to get it all the way to completion. And so you really have to kind of burn for something. And that's the advantage of having 50 75, 100 volunteers, if everyone's got one thing that they're really hot on and that's what they really care about or that's the thing they want to teach or whatever it is, 
it's pretty easy to kind of cobble that all together. And then you just have a lot of energy, right? Because everyone's just there to do the thing that they care the most about. Uh, I think that's been a big strength uh, of how it is. It also creates an abundance of chaos. And so, <laughs> you know, this is this, like I said, it's kind of like, you know, the best we can be is the the bumpers on the lane. But um, I think that works out a lot. Um, we do have different committees that people work on, but it's a pretty free uh, flowing organization. We ask all of our volunteers to propose anything that they, they think would be interesting or they want to do from different networking events or, or whatever it could be. Um, again, this year will be a little subdued as a hybrid, but we try to give people that opportunity to, to work on whatever they're passionate about. I also think that makes BU what BU is, this fine line between control and guidance, right? If two people, you know, replace Nick and I as co-chairs were to take this thing on and make it theirs, I think BU as, a, as an or, as a event would change. I'm not saying it would be better or worse, but um, it is what it is today because of this fine balance of, of control or lack thereof and, and guidance and really you know, you just ignite a fire under the yeah. under the community's it's like radar. Burning, it's like a Burning Man style event here that you guys just, uh, you're the spiritual shamans. <laughs> you just guide it all, all well, to the end and let it be what it will be. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, it's going to be what it's going to be, as we, be, especially as we get closer. But it also helps a lot that we have some, uh, you know, re- return people who, who every year come and do the pain with us. Right. And so like, I think Karen Applegren's one, I mean, she's. Was it? She, this is like her fifth year, she's right? She's been there longer than I have. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she's been there a while. There's a lot of people who, you know, year over year come back and, and they might grab a different piece of it when they volunteer. They could be like, ah, I wasn't as into what I worked on last year, so this year I'm going to do this. And so there's some changing and seat changing that happens. But, like, there is a core group of people who seem to come back. A lot of people will do two years usually is from what I can tell. Some people will do longer than that. Uh, and I think that's great. I mean, I, I, it, it's very helpful that they kind of already know what's up, right? You know, I like what you guys have done with Boise Entrepreneur Week as opposed to Boise Startup Week. I mean, I'll start off by saying 90% of the reason that my wife and I moved here was because of the Boise Startup Week that I came to. Oh, that's high praise. Thank it, you. No, I'm dead serious. It really was a huge driver to that. I also know, and the reason I brought up the difference in name, as you guys know, my good buddy at Sun, Sun Valley Hydration or Elevated Hydration, mm-hmm. I Rylan. So you wouldn't care. You wouldn't characterize that as a startup, right? He's not raising money, he, but right. he came here because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he that business exists today because of Boise Entrepreneurship Week. As you remember, he was rigging people up with IVs yeah. behind mm-hmm. the scenes, and everyone was all squirrely about it, which was even more fun. But yeah, that was, I mean, that success story that's ongoing was, I would say, 100% attributed to that event. That IV bag got me through the rest of Startup Week that year. People and I just saw Ryland, by the way, at uh, Treefort. At Treefort, yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and funny enough, I started having come out to my house. I've done like four IV Nick sessions le- at my Nick house. Nick leaned way into it. Yeah, I know. So it's great. It's So you bring something up this, you know, you've heard of it. You were in Sun Valley at the time, right? Yeah, I, when he first was going around with an idea, I was kind of the the, the person he met and- and then I watched him and, and did gave him some basic guidance. But yeah. So it was interesting for me to hit the road. I think this was year two in April. Nick and I hit the road and we drove to Seattle and Portland, hit up a couple of incubators, accelerators, co-working spaces, went to Portland Startup Week. There was also Portland Tech Fest going on in parallel. So we were just there comparing, taking notes. How, do, how are we doing compared to them? What I didn't realize is how many people knew about 
Startup Week that weren't in our ecosystem. Boise Startup Week. Boise Startup yeah. Week. Yeah. yeah, I had no idea. And this mm-hmm. is during Portland Startup Week when no one, you know, everybody should be talking only about Portland Startup Week. And so we're there and, and all the attention is uh, on, on Boise Startup Week and you know, how do we get involved from all the way over here? Mm-hmm. And so you fast forward that, you know, I kind of got caught my attention that, wow, you know, we're on the radar um, outside of the state and not just, you know, minuscule wise, they want to write us a check. So that's pretty significant. Yeah. And then you take it one step further and then Inc. Magazine, you know, lists, ranks Boise fifth and I, I always botch the name of the list. Surging Cities. Surge Cities. Thank Surge you. Surge Cities. Yeah. So we were fifth in, in terms of Surge Cities and uh, Startup Week. Again, Boise Startup Week is what got their attention and kind of a funny story actually with their photographer who, you know, they were flying out here to this place called Boise. No one's ever heard about. Little did they know that photographer had moved here. She had just moved here from LA. <laughs> yeah, they gave her like a travel budget to fly from LA to Boise. And she was like, don't tell them, but I just moved here. <laughs> <laughs> and now they well, know. And to Tim's point, so we track our attendees, uh, like geolocation where they're registering from. And uh, twenty in, in 2019, the last physical event, 2020 was a little different because it was all virtual. So there was a lot more attendance outside of our area. But the last physical event we did in 2019, uh, 26% of our attendees came from outside of the Treasure Valley. So that's Canyon County. I was counting like Elmore County and then there wasn't very many, but Canyon County, Ada County and Elmore County. And so 26% of our attendees came from outside of that area. And, you know, I mean, it was all over the place, Georgia, New York, Chicago, Seattle, lots from the Bay Area. And to Tima's point, it was, it was, we were finally had this moment where we could be kind of loud. We could encourage, uh, you know, potential VC investors to come to Boise because if you're going to get a snapshot of what's going on here, it's a good one. this is the moment, yeah. right? Like you will see, you know, a good portion of the deal flow. You'll see a whole lot of what the energy and vibe is of this town by coming to this one event. Now, again, the virtual events are different. I think it's really great. Last year we had like 1,600 people that that tuned in and watched, and I thought that was awesome. That's pretty di- darn good for a remote event I mean, still. I think for a virtual event, I was very proud of how that turned out. It's not the event that we uh, you know, we set out to run, but it's the event that we need to run to continue to support. to play the, the game on the field. Right, yeah. I mean, we're going we're gonna to use what tools we have available to us. The event game's a little different. I do think, you know, kind of hell or high water, this is definitely our last hybrid event. Uh, going to Tree Fort this last year, or just this last week, made me realize that you, you can... There are ways for you to run safe in-person events. You can do it. Um, you know, they moved a lot of it outdoors. You had to be vaccinated to go. There's all these like precautions. Every, the masking was really high there. I mean, 95, 98% masking at Tree Fort. And so we went and we saw that. And I think a year later with boosters again and all those things, I, I, this is our last one. <laughs> Didn't get this way. Yeah, props to Tree Fort. It, yeah, they did a great job. opportunity to yeah. see that. Yeah, they did. You guys, you guys are still doing. So you're still doing the block party yep. in real life. Yep. Which is great because it it really is a party. It it's, is. A party. It's not just like a business party. It's like a party. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and you know we've always tried to be the anti-conference to a certain extent, right? And so I think there's plenty of like suit and tie business conference that you can go here or anywhere that you can go to. There's not very many conferences that are really billed as a celebration. And truth be told, Entrepreneur Week is a celebration of our ecosystem. And it feels that way. That's what it is. That is what it's for. It's to celebrate us and the good things that we're doing here and learn from each other and maybe bring in some people. You know, I think 30% of our speakers are from somewhere else. So learn from some people in other ecosystems. But it's supposed to be about us. And, you know, having it be, have these events that are, are literally just parties, like it's, that's the point. We're, we're trying to celebrate the great things it that are going It fosters a great deal of pride amongst like local stakeholders and oh, yeah. sort of emerging stakeholders. And I think that's, 
as this from the, the little I know about the past, it seems like at some point you hit just like a startup hit a tipping point and you had enough figured out where, you know, it just it turned and, beca- and became habitual for people, um, and especially people that are, you know, of the many people looking to come to Boise, I think. And yeah, that's a great. Well, there isn't a better yeah. thing to check out. There really isn't a better thing. If, if if this is your jam, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're an investor, if you're a tech worker, I mean, whatever it is, if you're one of those, you know, seven or eight bubbles that we can assign a person to when we like look at, you know, who our target audience is, this is the thing that you come for. And, you know, to your point about hitting some kind of critical mass, I think that there's, you know, team and I could take a lot of credit on the things that we've built and the way that we've shepherded or whatever. But, you know, the the real credit is due to the organizations that fund this event. Of course. Right. I think that, you know, we are very fortunate that we rode a wave of kind of what's happening in Boise and the ethos here. But the truth is, is that, I mean, almost every major company in our area participates in this event through sponsorship, through bringing expertise. And that's the thing that's different is we don't we don't just want to check for their dollars like that's helpful and it makes the event happen. But we need them to come and be part of it. And so a lot of our volunteers that we were just like lauding for doing such a good job, they're from the organizations that are helping to to fund it as well. And that's what enables us to be able to give out these checks to entrepreneurs. I mean, basically, you know, over half of what we raise, we just like turn around and hand out the other door. Right. Gladly. And so, and so, you know, I always tell people when they ask me about Boise and about the ecosystem here, I say, you know, it's small, but it's a community that has a lot of willingness and it's a community on the rise and it's a community that wants to do big things. And any community that wants to do big things is going to be positioned well to do stuff like this. When you, TMI, this question is for you. When, when you strip away all the programming and every year, you know, you, about November, you guys disappear for you know God knows how long. Sure, wherever so. you go to do your mental rehab, which is warranted. When you get into the planning of the next year, getting away from all the sponsorships, like what what is the driver, the very simple driver in your mind about you know kind of saddling back up? And, you know what's what's a cliche term, but what what's the why? And and the very individual why you both go through this, you don't get paid. You uh, sometimes you guys look like death because it's so much work and it only will continue to be more work as more people come. Why? Why I was, do you do it? I, I almost had to cancel this podcast because I was just neck deep in, in entrepreneur week. Just just saying that and as you're looking at me and you keep telling me that I look like, like shit. It's well, all you, guys, we, you guys we look can, great. You guys look great right like, now. <laughs> <laughs> we can I, tell I, that you're glad you came. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> but I'll give you the why. Right around March every year, there is this void I think I need to be doing something. And then there's people in the community that bring it up to me. And then this guy over here calls me, usually right around March. Like, hey, we need to start the engines. The engines, you know, we, we need to go. We only have yeah. six or seven months left. We need we need to get this going. So it, it's really neat, needs-based. There's a need for it. The community wants it. You know, people approach me about it. If I even want to forget about it or or you know or leave, I couldn't if I wanted to. And so, um, you know, hope I answered your question, but there's... So you fell in love with your captor. <laughs> in a way. Home syndrome is a, in, is in a, a valid, yeah. In a way. Which, is, which is totally warranted. I don't mean to hypersimplify that. I, no, no, I totally get what you're oh, saying. There's, there's absolutely euphoric recall. Okay. No, no doubt. So, like, I tell the story a slightly different way, which is that, you know, come October 23rd, 
right? Like some, there's been some years I don't even wait for the event to get over before I'm on a plane and I'm out of here. Like I'll leave Friday night before it's even completely done, you know? And so then between October and December, there's just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I have another one of these in me. Like, woof, that's so much work. Nick usually calls me trying to talk himself out of doing it next year. Oh yeah. Right around December. I think I I tell him every year in March too. It's my last year. Um, You've said that to me every year for six years. It's been your last year for six years. So here's what happens. I think this is very similar for both of us is, you know, the, the year starts up, uh, you know, it's January, February. I start having some conversations with people actually just like in my normal job doing some sales cycle stuff. Right. And everyone is like, that was so great. That entrepreneur was great. You know, and I'm like, oh, man. So like enough of those conversations happen. And then team is right about March. I'm like, all right, dude, let, how big are we going to go this year? We need to talk about this. Like, let's turn it all on. We need to ask for volunteers. We need to talk to sponsors. And the truth is, is that it is a love hate relationship as an organizer because it is a lot of work and we are volunteering just like everybody else. And, and I think that I feel a, a sense of responsibility that, it's a big weight. I mean, it, it needs to go well. You certainly put a lot of the trajectory of your community. I mean, I know this is one event, but it's it, there's it, a lot that goes yeah. on. You're presenting it. a lot of different stakeholders. Right. And so, you know, I definitely feel it. But, but the truth is, it's also so energizing. I mean, you see the effect of it, too. You see these entrepreneurs going on, having successful raises, building the companies. You see the people who spoke that year, making great connections, getting new hires. I mean, every, like tentacle that comes out of the event has such a positive impact that it's like so hard to turn a blind eye to it and say that wasn't worth it. Yeah. And so, you know, thus far, I haven't been able to say that I shouldn't, I shouldn't keep trying to contribute to that effort. And, you know, and there's nuggets along the way. Like this year, big, a big defeat, you know, just mentally was, oh, we're going virtual again oh, yeah. after we set out not to, right? I that, mean, was, that, that was hard. That's because all, a lot of your programming was focused completely on co- on community in person. Right. Well, I mean. And, and our story was also, we're we, back. Yeah. Like, we're, we went, this is over. I think the hardest part was we went and sold it that way, right? And we were really adamant about like, you know, think, think you know, May, June, we have vaccines rolling out, cases in July or nothing. And at the last week of July, I'm sitting on a phone call with the St. Alphonsus Foundation board, which I also sit on, and they're showing like COVID numbers. And we start talking about it and I'm like, oh crap, like this is supposed to peak again, like right in the middle of Entrepreneur Week. And then it was so much worse than even they were predicting. I mean, we're in the middle of it right now, right? And I'll tell you, I mean, wind out of the sails is, uh, is a way to put it. I knew that we, we know how to put on a great hybrid event. We had that infrastructure, you know, since we just did it last year, we were probably more versed at putting that event on than we were putting on the big in-person event. But, you know, we had a hundred and 107 volunteers that dropped down to about 35. Oh, yeah, just no, from that announcement. Sure, just from yeah. that announcement. So some of those nuggets were, if I just, a couple of them, you know, Nick mentioned that we we really refocused all the resources and effort onto these pitch competitions because we figured that's the best way we can help yeah. and support entrepreneurs is by giving them well, this opportunity to pitch. Well, and we had a conversation money. like, okay, if we're not going to do that thing, like what is the the greatest effect we could have to support entrepreneurs this year with the tools that we're giving? And, and, and yeah, as a whole, you know, BU got scaled down. But to Nick's point, it, it wasn't like, okay, let's cut this in half. We're like, okay, what, what do we need to cut? What do we need to double down on? Right. So it all just shifted. The energy did. And so, you know, a couple of the wins were, you know, aside the fact we're giving away more money than we've ever have um, in any year is that 
uh, VentureCapital.org is bringing the Investors Choice Conference to Boise. Mm-hmm. It's the first formal one. I'm looking forward to, to going through that and experiencing. I have personally not been to one in Salt Lake City. I think Nick has. I mean, Nick yeah, we were at the same one. Oh, the yeah. YouTube Tag Team one. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to, to have that um, in Boise. You know, the other big one for the pitch competition mm. through a partner, The Outpost, you know, and Jacqueline Charters, thank you so much for this connection. They brought um, the two-minute drill to the table. So David Meltzer, admittedly, I did not know who he was or what the two-minute drill was, but it's a show that's on Amazon Prime. It's, on, it's a Bloomberg TV show that's also on Amazon Prime. Okay. And it, it's, it's essentially Shark Tank, except the whole caveat there is that all the pitches are done in two minutes. And so it's it's a little bit more rapid fire, and there's not quite as much like drama around like mm-hmm. the sharks, right? Because that's a big thing in Shark Tank. So this this show doesn't have that. It's a lot more about just the entrepreneurs and their pitches. Okay. Um, and so the win is the winner of the pitch competition, aside from twenty five thousand dollars, gets to pitch in season three of the two minute drill. Mm, it's going, on the TV show, going yeah. up for fifty more grand. And by the way, looked up David Meltzer. The dude knows what he's talking about. You know, a, a good stakeholder to get involved in our ecosystem Got and it. get his attention. So, you know, and, two and he's, wins. And he's coming to Boise. I'm going to assume his first time <laughs> ever coming to Boise. So he's going to come to Boise and participate in Entrepreneur Week. You can actually meet with him on Wednesday, October 20th during the block party. So he's going to have a little meet and greet there with some food and go shake his hand and, and talk to David. And If you have a two-minute pitch up your sleeve, I know he's looking to source more contestants for his show. So... Yeah. You, you you all know my theory on pitching, so uh, <laughs> I, I won't be. I should no, be nowhere around on that. On principle, particular. that will not show up. <laughs> I would use to pitch. I, but it's a, it's a me thing. It's just informed from years of trauma. There's just no other way around that. <laughs> Dom, so, you, so Matt says that, but just so everyone who's listening knows, I've had Matt actually pitch me for like real money, and he does a great job. He I've, just written, just, I've written the check both times. I just like the discussion so, part. Matt, yeah. <laughs> Matt likes playing hard to get. I'm yeah. a contrarian. No, Dom, no. you had a couple. So let's change the trajectory a little bit. You had a couple questions where I think that we're focused on the other side of this. So what do you guys feel is missing from this event? So um, I think that the the first thing to think about is that an event like this is going to be such a reflection of the ecosystem itself because of how it comes together, because of the kind of events that are being proposed and put on. And so in some ways I might answer that in what's missing in the ecosystem because yeah. it's such a ref- this event is such a reflection a of the ecosystem. Question. Yeah. Well, and I just like whoosh, dodged totally it. So you're no, good at that. I think that the the ecosystem like we have this moment once a year for a week we get to be really loud. I meet a ton of new people, team meets a ton of new people and we show that our community actually has like a really strong entrepreneurial base here, much stronger than you might think when you're just kind of walking around you know, uh, day over day. I think the the part that I look at and I still think there's missing is more community partners like Trailhead who are running interesting programming who can then sit at the table and be part of Entrepreneur Week as a planner. And we're seeing new ones. I mean, the Outpost team just mentioned, Kiln, uh, who's moving out in Meridian is a, is a new one. And so like the on-ramps for what I'm talking about is starting to be built as part of all this growth that's happened in Boise. And this is the first year we'll see some of those organizations who are new to town, who are bringing resources and programs to entrepreneurs who've actually set up shop here. This will be kind of the first year where they're 
participating, and I and I hope and expect that there'll be an even greater amount of their participation next year. But that that to me shows an ecosystem that's starting to mature. Right? We try to be very neutral as Entrepreneur Week. You know, that's the 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 lawyers that that sponsor our event want to kill us because we let them all sponsor, and <laughs> they would love it if they category if they, exclusivity. Yeah, they would love if they could like give us a bigger check and like maybe box out some competitions. But that's not how we do it, right? So I mean, even similar Trailhead will have other co-working spaces and other um, you know groups that put on programming come participate. So I think that that's how I'd answer the question is it's, it's about looking at the ecosystem since we're such a reflection of that, like what's still missing? Well, it's new is more the way that I'm going to answer it. The only other thing I'll say is while funding continues to get better, it is better and better and better every year. And we see it during Entrepreneur Week for sure. Um, there's still uh, a, a too small of a group writing those first angel checks, those those checks that get people off the ground. So think like Jeff Reynolds, he'll show up, here's 10, 15, $20,000, like get going, let's see this idea. I think that we we see funding, you know, every stage upstream from that looking stronger and stronger, but those really, really, really early checks are still a little skinny. Little skinny in the works, one of the sponsors approached me and said, hey, uh, what if I just pick my own winner from the pitch competition and I write them a $5,000 check. It's like, okay. I, I'm sure you can name who that is. It's Andy Scoggin. It's I'm Andy like, Scoggin. Well, go yeah. for it. I'm not going to stand in your way, um, but tell me why. He's like, well, yeah, last year there was someone I thought should have gotten a little bump, a little help. I don't know if they would have gone anywhere. So to Nick's point, definitely missing, but it's it's slowly building. So, so if you don't agree with the judges, if you don't agree with the judges in a pitch competition, then take it upon yourself to write a check to the person well, well, who funny because he's won. A, I, I won't, so I, I, ref, I do not uh, judge any of these and Tian doesn't either because it's, it's good to have a separation between the event organizers and the actual judging of these events. Insulation, really. Well, you know, and every year, you know, somebody thinks they should have won, right? That's just how it goes. Uh, but I do sit in on the judging uh, just to listen to how they're thinking about it. And, you know, sometimes it's just insight for me on how other people analyze businesses. And I will I will tell you, and I won't tell you which years, but about half the years I did not think who they had picked should have been the winner. So, you know, I keep my mouth shut and I'm just there to listen. And but that's an interesting emotion mm -hmm. to actually feel. Yep. Like you put so much time into this thing, you know, blood, sweat and tears, and you think you know the answer and you kind of got to give it away to yep. others and you got to mm -hmm. accept it. Well, I've got a programming idea that you guys are crazy for not doing next year. Local <laughs> angels, dodgeball with local founders. Ooh. And I would love to watch that. And I just think that would be an incredibly competitive, <laughs> given that there's founders that think there's a scarcity in capital. There's also a, an angel community that oftentimes would say there's a scarcity in good deals. Mm -hmm. But I think it'd be awesome to watch we them. We should totally feel the founders. Battle it out. You know what's funny is I think dodgeball. I think both those things are true, by yeah. the way. I, I, think, I know they're true. Yeah. It's funny because I, I talk to people all the time about like Boise and the ecosystem. And I say both sides of it. I'm like, there's a lack of capital and there's a lack of good ideas. So to they find. need to fight. They need to fight. They, they need, need to, to fight. fight it out. Are they... Are is dodgeball violent enough? Well, we can we can step it up to like roller <laughs> derby or something next Ooh. year. Just roller derby. Yeah, just choose your weapon of choice. Founders. Founders sounds like you need to become a derby. volunteer and, and pitch some of these ideas. It's not going to happen unless I'm you do seed, it, Matt. I'm a seed planner. You, so, Matt, I'm going to tell you right now, you're the only person sitting at this table who hasn't done an Entrepreneur Week volunteer gig. So, you know, Dom's going to put the, the pressure on you next year to do one. I He's mentored. You've uh, mentored well, a few. You've mentored. That's true. That's true. I think you're going to find after this Entrepreneurship Week and moving into next year that I might be bringing something a little bit bigger than um, than programming mm -hmm. or a mentorship mm -hmm. to to help 
think about that capital issue that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, there will be some little hints at that this year, but there is there will be another resource capital resource coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited to start kind of just getting them more involved here this year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously I'm teasing you. You do, you do a lot for, for all of us is if nothing else than allowing us just call you and buy me coffee and <laughs> tell me your woes. Right. Yeah. That, that, that is a service too, it by is the a way. Service. I don't <laughs> charge enough for a it. shoulder to cry on is worth, worth something. So, uh, no, and I'm excited to, to hear more about that. Obviously, we I know we have some folks coming into town who are going to do some live sessions during Entrepreneur Week that are going to talk with us about uh, about funding. And and so, you know, I appreciate you reaching out and making those connections for, for Entrepreneur Week. And that's what it's about. That's what it's about is, is community people here making sure that this this town is taken care of. So Yeah, got it. Well, they also were also, I think, thought so much of the local ecosystem based on a lot of conversations um, that they've seen an experience that um, I'll be helping them from yeah. a from more of a formalized role really get active in the area and I think what they've what they've found already and I think even just with this entrepreneurship week is the amazing amount of support outreach inclusion that 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 that's already happening mm-hmm. I mean especially from where they're located today. I think that's an amazing part of it when you come in through the right, you know, you come in the right way with the right with the right objective. And yeah. that's it. Anytime you anytime you get there's 70 plus organizations and 100 plus volunteers and everybody for the most part can leave their sword at the door, you've won. I mean, we went to Portland Startup Week and nothing against Portland Startup Week. It was decentralized, so it was all over the city. It felt like it was confusing. It was very confusing, mm-hmm. and, and and companies kind of took bits and pieces of it. And I have no other way of explaining why than because it's really freaking hard to get all of them to play ball sure. on the same field. For no kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think format was sort of dictated just by the way the the the, the culture was is there, and so that's another big win for us as we literally get to ask people to leave their swords at the door and uh, get to play neutral. Except for in my dodgeball challenge. We'd, we'd encourage <laughs> well, them to bring all bring the frustration. <laughs> you, oh, there's a picture he, of me blasting a ball, Matt. Yeah, I can't wait. It's uh, anger management. Yeah, yeah there it is. And, and, and that's why we have dodgeball tournaments is because, you know, the alternative is if you're going to leave your organizational sword at the, the door, you, you we got to give you some violent output, right, so that you can put that frustration somewhere. And yeah. do, the dodgeball goes pretty well. I, I do try to pair... Like competing companies. I have a no doubt that you did something weird. <laughs> Plus, he flies people in. Next yeah, thing you know, yeah. it's like a former ringer. MLB pro, pro baseball player we're, slinging balls at me. We are joking, but like some of these bigger companies, I mean, they have former NFL wide receivers. I flew in a former major league baseball pitcher. Like, it's it's pretty serious. Something it's no wrong joke. with all you. You wonder why I don't get more involved, and that's because I'm walking right into the Tigers' den. <laughs> with, with time in mind, Dom, do you have uh, any, yeah, any you parting know, shots? So, yeah, absolutely. Part of this, something that I find so fascinating about sort of being able to see behind the scenes at Boise Startup Week, Boise Entrepreneur Week now, and seeing all of the growth that's happening in Boise is that it's really, you know, there isn't necessarily some central authority. It isn't the two of you guys figuring out how Boise is going to grow in the next few years or how the entrepreneurial scene is going to develop. What it is, is independent individuals thinking, you know what, there's something I can do to help. You know, Matt says, hey, I've got a resource. They're interested in Boise. And you know what? I think they might benefit from plugging them into the ecosystem and vice versa. 
And it's really just over the years I've seen I've seen that happen so many times, those independent layers of people saying, like, you know what? I know someone. Let's bring them in. And I really, you know, to our listeners, I'd really like to encourage anybody, if you've if you know somebody who could benefit the Boise ecosystem, and you know somebody for whom the Boise ecosystem can be a benefit, then like bring them in, like be a part of it and be a part of the growth that's happening here. And, you know, the dividends that that follow that have been, you know, proven year over year. That's free to attend BoiseStartupWeek.org. BoiseEntrepreneurWeek.org as well. Well, I think, you know, my, and I I know I've said it to TM and I probably don't say it to Nick enough, but, you know, this matters a lot. And in a lot of ways, this is our uh, open house final exam for the year. This is that one thing that really is both a driver of, of pride and, and strengthening, hopefully strengthening, strengthening the ecosystem we have here, but it's also that showcase for others. And right now, for various reasons, there's a lot of people more and more looking at this community. And I think mm-hmm. there's a vibe when you just see the, even on the hanging from the, the streetlights, um, that this is a real thing. It, it's not, you know, some sort of half-assed thrown together. Like it's a real thing. And the work that you guys both do is incredibly appreciated. Like I said, I wouldn't have moved here had it not been for this. And I really mean that. You guys, it's a thankless job, but I, I see it every day. That right there is going to get me through the next well, two you weeks. Well, you just, you just thanked us, so it's not completely thankless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one thank. One thank. No. One thank worth. Well, you know, everybody, what, what, what are the dates for Startup Week? Week of October 18th. October 18th, it's Fireworks a free event. Day on the 20th, the Wednesday. Right. You've got a party. You've got a lot of great content, a lot of great speakers, and a lot of people that you can network with. It's an awesome event. And you know what? It's also a celebration of entrepreneurship. So if you want to, if you're an entrepreneur, if you identify as an entrepreneur, buy yourself a gift. Yeah. Treat yourself. You, you it's don't your even, week. You don't even have to buy it. The tickets are free. The tickets, tickets are, are free. free. <laughs> the tickets are free. Uh, we, we've, we've had free tickets every year because, again, back to sponsor support and this community being willing, we're, we're able to have it a, as a free event because of how much willingness there is. So you don't even have to, like, risk a dollar to do entrepreneur. Well, I was kidding a little bit about Burning Man, but in a lot of ways, this is very analogous to that because you are bring the, the community is, is together putting on something that you guys are guiding it, right? But everyone's bringing something or doing something that you're throwing in the middle. And at the end, you know, that, that fire does burn. And Go and leads us into the next year. Yeah, um, but with that responsibility comes great satisfaction and gratification. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Even though sometimes it doesn't come, <laughs> out, come out the month before. It'll probably be like right before you start again next year. It's that like, gosh, that was cool. And then get you back into yep. it. Yep. Back to the like, just loving your captor. Yeah. Yep. And that is the <laughs> ecosystem for you too. Euphoric right. recall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, that's, that's a all wrap. I got. That's a wrap on chapter two of the really, really. We don't know what we're going to do next season. We're going to find out. Which is the whole point of the really, really. Yeah, it really does. I mean, we, we could be looking at different alignments of the moon. Like we really have no format, nor do we have any plan. That's right. Which we'll is the fi- best part about it. But we'll find out soon. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> <laughs>